0: Hello friends and welcome. Oh wait, I forgot to say my name. I am Autumn Webb and welcome to Still No Plan the Podcast. I'm here with Jordan today. And I have a little, a little big life update. And so we wanted to tie it into like an overall um greater episode that will be applicable for everyone. But I just put in my two weeks at, um, at Petco last week and they're really supportive and it's, it's lovely and everything, but I think I've been hinting at it on here for a while, but I plan on getting my doctorate in psychology. And so I just need to, I cannot work 40 hours a week while getting my resume strong enough and getting my application strong enough. So we thought it'd be cute to do like um, a three lessons we've learned from the corporate world three lessons, one for each year that we've been in the corporate world and, um, pass it on to you guys. I know a lot of you are either just entering the corporate world, maybe you've been in it for a few years. And I think there's a lot to unpack about (laughs) what is or is not,
1: um, how to navigate the corporate world basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, plus one, everything Autumn said, except I didn't just quit my job, but I am coming up on three years in September at the same company. And so I definitely have some insight there. And it's kind of funny, Autumn, as you're talking, I just remember this. Like I was just at a wedding this weekend. It was so amazing, super fun. But every time I go somewhere like without you, everyone asks me about you. It was like, how's Autumn? Like, what's she been up to? Like, how's what are her life lives? updates? Yeah. Literally. And I'm like, it's of course, like, yeah, I can tell you everything. Like, I'll tell you exactly what she's been up to every day. But it's so funny because we don't even live together. Like there's, it's not like, oh, your roommate back home. It's like your friend that lives on the opposite side of the country or on the coast <laughs> from you. Like, how's she doing? So I got, I was giving lots of updates about uh-huh. you this weekend. So, uh-huh. Well, that's good. I'm glad everyone's caught up around. the world. <laughs> Everyone, Everyone's off. You don't even need to tell anyone.
0: Yeah. Um, for even just further backstory on this to give an idea of how, um, inseparable Jordan and I were in high school, I mean, in college, <laughs> in college, um, if there was ever a night that we went out without each other, which was very rare, but there was a couple in, in our time. The first question anyone would ask me if Jordan wasn't there was where's Jordan. <laughs> Like same. <laughs> they're like, she's sick, or she's with Kai, or whatever it is. But I was like, like people, it's we weren't even like, like there was like the twins, a couple different sets of twins, where it's like they were always together, and like we were like also that, <laughs> we we're not- like also the twins,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like truly joined at the hip. Yeah. yeah, I know. It was just I was I like had this like self-awareness moment when I was updating someone on your life that I was like this is kind of weird like I'm not asking anyone else about like their friends (laughs) but you and I are just so inseparable that everyone's like I know you know exactly what she's been up to like I'll just catch up with you about it (laughs) so yeah um you don't even have to announce to most of our friends because I did tell them everything that you're up to (laughs) But yeah, we are again excited for this episode. I think it's gonna be really helpful. I feel like the corporate world is weirdly surprising. Like, I think uh, there were some things that were unexpected and I felt unprepared for. And I don't necessarily think we can like prepare you or like, like everyone's gotta go through it, but we can share some good advice to keep in mind as you're like going through your first few years because it is definitely a huge adjustment.
0: Yeah. And I think, well, also side note, we interviewed a guest a while ago who wrote a whole book on this and it's called like mm-hmm. your your, frosh, your freshman year in the workplace. Professional. Yeah. Professional. Yeah. Professional. you your freshman year in the workplace. And it's just like a basically breaking down a lot. It'll go into a lot more depth of what we're going to talk about here. But I think it's also cute because we're almost like graduating in the work in like the corporate world. Once you get to like three years, you're kind of in like a different class. How like now, if you were to leave Microsoft or apply to jobs within Microsoft, when it says three to five years of business experience required, like we're in a new echelon, I guess in a way. And so I, it does like, it feels like cliche, but I do feel like there is a lot greater sense of like knowing and just navigating Mm. the workforce that and like a sense of like confidence it also comes with it so so yeah I think hopefully we'll have some insight for people today I know sometimes at work I'm
1: like I'm just a baby like I don't know how to do this and then I'm like wait I've literally been in this role for like two full years I've been in this company for three years like I need to get my shit together like I'm not just a, I'm no longer just a baby
0: well, I also think it's easy to feel that way, like oh, I don't know anything. But then when I meet someone who is younger than me, mm-hmm. who I'm actually new in the workplace, I'm like, oh, they're a baby. And then oh, I, you don't know anything. Oh, you actually <laughs> like, oh, that's something I wouldn't do now, or like that was that's yeah. a naive thing to think. I think I see that a lot more now when I'm meeting younger people in the workplace.
1: I'm like, oh, how cute, what do you think that? Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Look. <laughs> I know it is weird, but um it's it's kind of nice I don't know I like the confidence that comes with it but do you want to kick us off with your <laughs> first one
0: I guess my first one is not really going to be um for everyone but my first one is that I don't want to work in the corporate world <laughs> like <laughs> I I think some part of me thought I always thought I wanted to go to grad school but some part of me thought but maybe we'll just work our way up the corporate ladder and like be a boss, like millennial lady. And like, that will be fine. And then I did that for a few years and I'm kind of like, oh, actually like, I don't, (laughs) I don't like the structure of the corporate setting. I don't like the corporate guilt that comes with a lot of things, especially knowing that like these big companies, like don't really care about you and in that at a certain extent like you are kind of a number to them and so I hate this level of like guilt about that. I feel even if it's not put on me this is like a personal thing just because I'm a perfectionist and like overachiever I feel this way if I'm like asking for time off or like asking to work from home I feel or even if I'm sick I feel guilty about calling in sick like I don't know how some people lie and they're like oh like I'm sick today (laughs) because I could never do that. Like, I just, I'm such a goody two shoes in that regard. And so, um, basically I just feel like the corporate world, the, some people love the stability and there are a lot of pros in that. I just feel like for me, it's not rewarding enough. And it kind of just like sucks all of the energy out of me. And, um, and I hate, really, the main thing that I hate is I really hate staring at a screen all day for eight hours. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it really is soul sucking to me. Like in any job that you are going to have in the corporate world, like eight out of 10, you're going to probably be staring at a screen most of the time. Like there's emails involved, there's spreadsheets involved, there's numbers to analyze. Like there's just always going to be a computer screen involved for a good chunk of the day in the corporate world. And and I just... I hate
1: it. I feel like a cyborg. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think like totally cyborg vibes or like I always joke that I'm like, <laughs> well, I also work at Xbox, so it's like more fitting, but I'm like, just like playing video game work today. <laughs> like I'm just like clicking buttons and leveling up. Like it's like just not real. Um, but I will say, I think another thing that's big for you and like one of probably the biggest red flags that you were finally like, okay, I need to like get out is that success in the corporate world didn't matter to you. And I think if that is, if you're not motivated by success in the work that you're doing, like then you're never going to actually like the work that you're doing because it's like, that's the only thing that keeps you going. Like you weren't like, I don't really care about like being a manager or like moving up this ladder or like finding business wins for this industry. Like I'm, that's just like not a motivator to me. And if you're not motivated by those things, then like, eventually you're just going to be like, I don't fucking care about this job.
0: Well, I think I kind of became unmotivated by those things because um, there's this concept in psychology called like learned helplessness <laughs> where like, <laughs> you like keep a dog in a cage, like an electric, like electrified cage for long enough. And then they just like, they just lay there and don't even try to get out even to where if you do like turn off the electricity, they won't even like try because they just like learn that nothing's going to happen. And I just felt that way. Like I, at both jobs at Amazon and at Petco, I would be told to like do something and, and then get rewarded. And then I would do that. And then there's no reward. And I was like, well, I'm literally like you say, jump, I jump. And then you tell me I'm amazing, but we don't have any money or there's no promotion or there's none of this. And so I was like, it's not, it's not exciting, especially if there's going to be no no payout. And I think part of me was always one foot out because I knew I wanted the the grad school track. So I kind of thought like, if I'm only going to do this for three to seven years, then like, you know, and so it was hard for me to be fully motivated or to be fully in if, you know, I'm not getting rewarded financially or like really any way at all. And I know that like, maybe I won't be here that long. So I was kind of just like in this limbo, which makes it harder to be motivated I guess. Mhm.
1: Yeah, my first one is a little bit of a piggyback off of that. I think if you mine is like if you feel that you cannot be your authentic self or act on what you need or have the balance, the work-life balance that you want on your team, leave that fucking team or leave that job because it's never going to change and you're never going to be satisfied with it and I think about that a lot like you know, like a really basic example of this is like, if you're someone that has tattoos and a job doesn't accept people with tattoos, like you are not going to work in that company culture. Like don't worry about hiding your tattoos and trying to get the job, like go to a team that is fine with you as you are. And I think that is something that like has always just repelled me from certain jobs. Like when I've talked to people and, you know, they're talking about how they're like almost an excited, proud, bragging way. They're working Saturdays. They're working long evenings. They're like doing this. And I'm like, that is never going to be me. And I'm not going to pretend, even though this job is really cool and everything about it seems really interesting. Like, I'm not going to pretend like I will ever be satisfied on a team where I'm working that way. And so I think like, when you are in and getting into the corporate world, there are things that seem really desirable about a job that are just kind of like the norm. Like there's certain companies that are really, really valuable. And there are certain like roles and responsibilities that you're like, I want this, I want this on my plate. Like I, this is how I find success, especially if you're an overachiever, like which a lot of us are. Um, But I think like when you really think about it, if you cannot, those things are not worth, the title of the company is not worth faking who you are 24-7 like work takes up so much of your time that you really like you're just gonna start to hate yourself feel a lack of confidence feel like so miserable in that job that I think like just don't even lean into it I feel like so many people get sucked in and they don't think about these things and it's like yeah okay if they're gonna fire you because of the way you talk in your email like don't fucking work there why do you want to be there
0: mm-hmm. yeah I think that like ties into such a big piece of advice that I wish I like really internalized when I was searching for jobs or younger in career is like if you um when you're interviewing for a a company like you are also interviewing them like I think we have this mindset we've been trained to have this mindset that it's like oh thank you so much for the opportunity to even talk to me like I am so blessed that you would have me in your presence but it's like well actually like it's a why should I work for you guys? Like, what are you going to offer me? Because at the end of the day, companies do treat people like numbers. And so you want to make sure the culture is going to be a good fit for you. You want to make sure that you can come as you are in a certain way in whatever workplace you're going to be at. And so when you have the opportunity to ask questions in an interview setting, like really ask questions that are going to help you discern if this is the right fit, like do not just take a job because of a certain title or, dollar amount because ultimately like $20,000 more, however many thousand dollars more is like not going to cut it if it's like, if you're miserable there every single day. Mm -hmm. So really try to be discerning in the questions that you ask and also have that level of confidence to be like, well, I am a catch. Like, why do you guys deserve me? It's Mm -hmm. not just a one-way street in interviews.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good one. And I, I'm not good enough or confident enough to do that, but I do try and internalize that very much. Um, my next one is one that has literally decreased my work anxiety and my imposter syndrome so much. What here, I'm, I'm going to make these two one. You're going to have imposter syndrome and everybody does, and that's fine. But to fight your imposter syndrome, just know that nobody has any fucking idea what they're doing. Nobody comes into work. It doesn't matter what grad school you went to, what MBA you have, you do not come into a job and have any fucking idea what you're doing. Like you figured out because 90% of a job is knowing who the right contacts are for the asks you need to make, which has nothing to do with anything you can be taught in class and like knowing the right questions to ask. And so I think it's really important to pay attention when you're like maybe in a, in a presentation with like, leadership or other experienced people that you respect, like pay attention to the questions that they're asking and how much they know, because I have been in calls with like pretty high up leadership and they do not know day to day of what's happening in the business. Like they are asking pretty basic questions in in these meetings, but they know how to ask the right questions to understand the right things so that when they go and talk to their leadership, they have the right information. And so I think like, really think about like what are the right questions what are the things I'm confused about and how can I get the answers to those things don't worry about like I'm confused about this thing I can't fucking do it like I suck at this job like that should not be the train of thought and once you figure that out like everyone's just fucking winging it well work is a lot easier
0: (laughs) it's so funny that was actually my second thing that I wrote down is literally no one knows what they're doing content yeah. is key. And, um, yeah, so no one knows anything first of all. And I do think the thing about leadership, just knowing the right questions to ask is like a hundred percent true. Like everything I see from leadership at my company or like my director on my team, like when we present what we're working on to her, literally every time she goes, okay, this is great. But I know the question leadership is going to ask is X, Y, yeah. And Z. Do we have answers? And so much of her job is just anticipating the questions they're going to ask to make sure that we're preparing the work so that we can be prepared when leadership asks these questions and so I think it just comes with time like starting to understand like okay I'm going to do one two three and I know they're going to ask x like but that's just going to come you have to be in the room listening to the conversation it's not something that you're just going to like come into the job with um and I also think we were talking about this earlier, but confidence really is key. And I think that's that yeah. in that workplace. Like you were telling me how your boss was saying something about how your performance has like really improved over the last few months. And like, I got that same note a few months ago too. And I really don't. And it's funny. Cause I'm like, I don't feel like I'm doing any like quality of work differently. I really do just think it's the confidence aspect that like, I come to mm-hmm. a meeting and someone asks me a question and I'm not scared if I'm not gonna know the answer. Like I'm totally happy to be like, you know what? Good question. I'll take it back and I'll email you that in a minute. Or like whatever. But there isn't, I think there just is a level of confidence that comes with X amount of time in a role or in the workplace in general. Like nothing is that big of a deal (laughs) and no one knows anything. So don't be scared.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I know. I think that really helped me. Specifically it helped me when the the guy, this was like the best example of someone that I love and respect having imposter syndrome. And I was like, if you have imposter syndrome, like everybody must, but the man who runs the Xbox social media, who has been running it for like eight or nine years, like still struggles with him. And he was telling me about it. He's like, yeah, I still struggle with imposter syndrome. And he's like, I mean, he literally is like the gatekeeper to our social media. So he's kind of a legend around the business because everyone loves him because everyone wants their shit posted. And like, he's at everything all the time. Cause he needs to be getting content. Like he leadership knows who he is. He's so well-respected. And he still said, I have such bad imposter syndrome sometimes. Like it's so hard to be a part of these meetings and like have this role. And so yeah, imposter syndrome is going to be there. And it's almost like faking confidence. Like it's, you know, I, you, you'll you get nervous. You don't have to be mad at yourself for getting nervous, but it's like, yeah, over time you learn that it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be like, not a hundred percent sure about every single thing you're saying in a call. Mm-hmm. The way that you deliver it is like what people are going to pick up on. And the way that you hold yourself is what people are going to pick up on.
0: Yeah. I think also on that note, like confidence is key, but there's no need to like lie about things too, just to have an answer. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to also be able to be honest, to say, I don't know, or I'm going to have to look into that. I, I, it's very clear to me when someone in a meeting is just like saying shit just to say something. And so like walking that line of like confidence, but also honesty about when you don't know something, because that's respectful, that's respectable, to me, when I see someone in leadership or any position to be like, actually, haven't thought about it that way. I'll get back to you on Wednesday or something versus just yeah. when people try to make something up and the answer is like unclear or vague. It's like, what?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and- A lot of times that's why you're presenting to like get those questions (laughs) because it's not often, it's not like college where you're like, oh, I'm trying to get an A. Like I need to be an expert. And if my teacher finds holes in my presentation, that reflects poorly on the work that I have done. 90% of the time you're bringing your work to leadership to make them aware and also to like identify the gaps that you can fill moving forward or like see where the priorities are. So yeah, it's totally fine to not know everything about the work that you're doing. I think that's so expected. Um, are is it yours or mine?
0: I'm not, I did have another one though. This kind of ties into like the confidence line and how it's, there is a line to walk. There is I really, I hate the person who just like speaks in every meeting just to say something (laughs) like it's, and I, I understand that there is some sort of level of like wanting leadership to know that you have an opinion or like that you're present and involved in certain things. But there, I feel like there's always that one person on the team who just like every meeting, like they don't even say anything like new or relevant or like anything that's going to add to the conversation. They're basically just like repeating what someone else said just so they they can have their turn. And I'm like that, I think anyone who like knows what's going on sees through that kind of behavior also. And so if you're going to say something like, ask yourself, is this a question that's going to like move the needle? Is this like a conversation driving co- comment or am I just speaking just to hear myself right now? Like mm-hmm. be clear on like what the motivating factor is
1: behind you, like asking that question, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have one more. I kind of have two more now because I have a follow-up on that. I will say I will I follow up and- I think we just kind of moved okay. <laughs> This is like, this is more than three. (laughs) However many it's been. Um, but I'm going to say a follow up to that is I swear to God, I'm sorry, but it's always men. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes, sometimes I think about at work when I'm like, I don't deserve this. You know, I'm not, I'm not like important enough to speak up in this meeting. I'm not contributing enough to ask my manager for a raise. Like I, I'm siloed. I'm so alone and I'm not doing anything that's pushing this business forward. I reframe in my brain and think, what would insert cocky male in your organization do here? And I promise you, they think their work is valuable regardless of what they're doing. They think they deserve to be heard as we know. And they think that like, they deserve a promotion. They're growing exponentially. And I, I do think women tend it's actually proven it's not just like my opinion women tend to undervalue the work that they contribute and so if that that helps motivate me to be like because there's people I work with that I get very frustrated by because they don't contribute a quality amount of work and they are getting constantly rewarded and promoted and whatever and it's like okay I need to have their fucking mindset because whatever they're doing is unfortunately working <laughs> Like, so yeah. I always just think like what would
0: Those entitled people do. Yeah. Uh those entitled people, 99% of them men. Yes. (laughs) Yes. A lot of times. I a million percent wanna second that point. And a tip on what you could do to like combat that, I guess, is yes, women undervalue their work. You're likely to play it down like the level of skill and like jobs that you're doing each day. And if you are someone who wants to get promoted and wants to move forward, like Every week when you are like, keep note of what you're doing, like keep note of what mm-hmm. you're working on, keep track of what projects you've completed, what the direct impact of those things were, because if you can have a concrete list of however many things that you did that quarter or that month or whatever you're executing on, and you take that to leadership and you say, this is why I deserve X more money, or this is why I deserve a raise or a promotion. Like it's really hard to deny facts. But if you don't keep track of that, it's so hard to like, when you are thinking about, oh, what have I done this, this quarter? It's really hard to remember everything that you're doing. And so when I was actively like vying for promotion or like up leveling, I was making sure to like keep track every single week of like what I got done and what the results were so that I could um, have something to show for that because it's so much harder than you think, especially even if like your resume building or anything to like, actually quantify and like verbalize what you're doing when someone asks me like oh what do you do I'm like oh
1: god (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm.
0: it just feels so hard to answer that question in one sentence or yeah and um so keeping track of that is a nice way to make it easier for yourself when when you're resume building interview preparing or like also just like stations
1: yeah and also just for yourself like I have a folder of kudos that I've gotten from like people around me and also like win work wins because some weeks I'll be like I have literally done nothing this week like do I even deserve to be here why are they paying me and I'll like go through my little kudos file and just be like oh yeah this is why like it's work will ebb and flow you're not gonna be putting in 40 hours a week every single week You're not going to always have like crazy weeks. You'll have crazy weeks and you'll have like very, very slow weeks. Like, and so I think just knowing, oh, okay. Like I did a bunch last week. This week is just slower. That's fine. Like I, that doesn't mean that my job, I don't deserve to be here. Um, I will end on one more and that is sometimes, well, I'll just be proactive about, or I'll say be proactive about your burnout. I think burnout is obviously a huge thing. And Autumn and I are going to do a whole episode on burnout because it's so relevant. And it's, I think, like one of the hardest things to deal with when you're working. And um, I really think our generation, because we are doing Zoom work and like Teams and virtual, and you're not feeling like a personal connection to your company and your job the way that I think other generations have, Burnout is like very, very strong. Um, And so I feel like a lot of younger people are getting burnout, like scared. I felt like it was kind of scarily early in my career. I was feeling extremely burnt out. But like, we also work in a really weird, weird world. And I think people just get burnt out faster in this world. But I will say, if you are feeling really burnt out, if you feel like I need to quit this fucking job tomorrow, take a vacation. Like, I swear to God, Every time that I've been like I'm done, I schedule a vacation. I come back and I'm like, oh yeah, actually, like this is kind of this is good setup. Like I like this job. (laughs) Like, Like I truly was like I'm quitting after I get back from Italy. I'm so burnt out, and I came back and I was like, you know what? This is great, and like I can't really complain. And so sometimes I feel like I'm just like it's almost like like a baby that's like screaming and like is like you're like I don't know what's wrong with you and you just like put them down for a nap but then they like wake up all cheery like sometimes you just like are a toddler at work and you need a a nap and then like you're gonna be fine um and also if you have a supportive team which you should if you're following my first piece of advice like uh over communicate and like tell them that you're feeling burnt out and tell them because they will they'll help you in whatever way they can, or they'll at least like. I told my manager like I need more reassurance than I'm getting, and mm-hmm. it's helped a lot. And it's kind of embarrassing to be like, I'm miserable and I need constant reassurance. <laughs> but he did hear it, and it's been way better at work because I've been getting what I need out of the role. And so before you like give up entirely, take a break and communicate your issues. And if it doesn't get solved through that, then like that is a sign of a bigger issue.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and I think my my last note is ju- don't let your like title or anything define you slash like just because you're performing well doesn't mean that you're always going to get rewarded with a promotion or financial compensation or what you think you deserve so like don't get don't let your like self-worth be defined by getting mm-hmm. that or not getting that because at the end of the day, they're going to do what's best for them. And so like, that was something that was so, like, I had so many therapy sessions crying to my therapist being like, how, like, why am I not good enough? Like, what is wrong with me? Oh, I see all of my friends getting promoted, all of my friends moving up and it just keeps not happening for me, but it's not necessarily like about me at all. Like every development conversation I've ever had, they don't even have any negative feedback to give. And so it's like, Okay, I'm obviously providing high-level work and they think I'm a strong performer, but there's not been one promotion on my whole team in 2 years. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's not that's not a me thing, that's like a company thing that they need to sort through. It's a it's a culture problem clearly. And so like yeah. be mindful that you know, maybe there has been pros on your team and it's just not been you. Like, don't let that define your self-worth because another company will see your value and like, or another team at your company can see your value. Like just because your current team doesn't, doesn't mean that you are not valuable or that you are not worthy. It's really easy to get caught up in the comparison game or like let yourself get bogged down. But like I said, you need to have the confidence in yourself. If you want to get promoted, if you want to Job a hop, you need to have that confidence. So, like, don't let your team bring you down if
1: they're not yeah you. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's like never about you. Like, it really is. I mean, if you're like doing a decent job at work, especially as an early and career employee, you're going to get promoted every couple of years. If you're not, then like, it has nothing to do with you, and it has everything to do with the company. Like, I, it's just in in the best meaning in the best way possible. Like, you are not at all in control. <laughs> Of your career growth like you are the only person who can advocate for yourself and who will and should who's like paying attention to your career growth Mm -hmm. but you are not the one in control of it and so like i agree like don't let it get you down because it'll also be one of the things that can like ruin your experience at a company or like and also i mean you were like other people will value you also it's it's your job like it's one portion of your life it should be Mm -hmm. a portion of your life and so even if you're not killing it at your job like your family loves you your friends love you like it's just like it shouldn't you shouldn't have to put all of your self-worth and self-confidence into this small portion of your overall life but it's really hard to do I -hmm. will say that yeah um well, yeah, we can stop there unless you have any more. Uh, I don't know how My many that. the five main ones. <laughs> <laughs> I know we can just like recount and retitle whatever
0: it is. <laughs> but <laughs> like I was like, oh, I didn't really like prepare or like think about it, and then we talk, and it's like word vomit. It's like hard to even keep
1: yeah back at a certain point. <laughs> I know, and but I do think like all of that is really basic, really important career advice. I will say like those, if you can learn those lessons work will be so much better. Like your work will be a million times better. And I think you'll be happier. You'll be more confident. Like if you can learn those lessons, I promise you everything will get better. I just feel like, like, I don't know. It's like for so long, I was trying to fight these Mm -hmm. like feelings and frustrations that I was having. And it's not necessarily the case. And that's not necessarily what you should do. It's more like, Reframing them, re understanding them, and like repositioning work in your life and in your brain so that it's not, you know, your defining thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really hard to do. We should probably, we could probably do a whole episode on how to (laughs) restructure. (laughs) Reframe.
1: Yeah.
0: Because, I mean, I think that's like the impasse that I came to was like, is this what I want? And I had to evaluate like my values and what I enjoy in life, but it is like a whole task in itself to like reframe and redefine what it means for you. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, that's our update in three years. We'll give another one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, and Also, stay tuned for our episode on burnout because I think that's like such a relevant thing. So, I'm excited Mm -hmm. to dive deeper into that. But thank you all for being here and listening. Let us know if you loved anything. As always, rate, review, subscribe, follow us on socials, send us messages. We love, we've been getting messages from people, and it literally makes our day. Even if we're so freaking slow at responding, we always screenshot them and send them to each other. And it's the absolute peak of any day that I ever have. So, like, Please just—we love hearing it. Like, let us know. Give us words of affirmation. As I mentioned earlier, I need constant reassurance. So please continue this. Um,
0: keep posting. Let us know.
1: Please tell us. But yeah, thank you all for being here, and we'll see you next week. Woohoo! Woohoo!